Amen. It is good to be here today. I am Brother Roger, one of the staff pastors here at Holland Chapel, and I want to welcome you and thank you for being here to be a part of our worship and our service today, to allow the Lord to speak to us, to direct us, and for us to have the opportunity to give thanks and honor and glory to Him. Uh, I always enjoy Baptismal Sunday. There are so many pictures and so many lessons that we learn and that we see uh, through baptism and the connections that baptism has uh, to the principles that are taught to us in the Scripture. And so we had the one baptism in our first service. We've got those others that Nick mentioned that will be in our second service today. And each one of these has a story. And each one of those is a witness and a testimony of what Jesus Christ has done for that person, in that person's life, continues to do, and is going to do on throughout eternity. So all of these beautiful pictures, I hope that each time that you come and that you witness a baptismal service, I hope that you're learning and being blessed more and more by what baptism represents and what it teaches us. And I hope that it's helping you to grow in your relationship to the Lord because through what baptism represents, it reminds us and it teaches us more about the work of Jesus Christ and what he has accomplished for us. When we place our faith in him and when we follow him, there are just so many beautiful, beautiful pictures about Jesus. And so uh, let me encourage you to... uh, to take full advantage of, uh, of each baptismal service to, uh, to be spiritually encouraged and strengthened. We are in a mini-series about the amazing miracles of Jesus. And you may be thinking this morning, well, what does miracles have to do with baptism? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because I want to tell you just a little bit about what Miracles have to do with baptism because you see, perhaps the greatest miracle that Jesus was involved in was his resurrection. You know, in each one of the miracles that we see in the scripture, we see wonderful things that are done and accomplished and uh, awesome power of God is displayed, but... In the resurrection of Jesus Christ, understand that all, all of sin was conquered. And every other miracle is, in that regard, is connected to, perhaps even dependent on, the resurrection of Jesus. Because without Jesus' resurrection, we would not have the peace that Todd preached about last week, we would not have the hope that I hope to preach about today and to encourage you to have. And we certainly would not have the security that is ours in the work of Jesus Christ and in his, in his ministry. So this miracle, if we, if we refer to it that way today, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is really the heart of so many other things that we study in the Scripture. And I understand this about miracles. That a miracle of God is not just God showing off. Okay? He's not like us. 
God don't have to show off. <laughs> All he's got to do is show up. And he does. And he is. Matter of fact, he says he's always here. So it's not so much about him being here as it is us paying attention to the fact that he is present. And what he is doing while he is present. But this is what we understand about miracles from the scripture. That when God works a miracle, that it is a display or it is showing God's authority and God's power over the curse of sin. And in that sense, every miracle is a testimony to the work of Jesus Christ in conquering sin through his resurrection. And so not only is it a display of the authority of God over sin, but in some way, every miracle is a display of the grace of God being shared or being placed in the lives of individuals. And so I think that when we see the writers, especially the Apostle Paul, as he wrote the letters to the different churches, he so frequently said grace and peace, grace and peace, reminding the churches, reminding believers, reminding us as Christians that we have peace through God's grace and the work of Jesus Christ. So the miracle of Jesus' resurrection as is seen in baptism, there's primarily three points of emphasis that I'd like to touch on this morning about baptism is the three pictures of baptism, how the gospel is pictured in the baptism. It pictures Jesus Christ as we preach in his death, burial, and resurrection. It also pictures that we are, as believers in Jesus, that we are a new creation created in Christ Jesus, and also... It is a picture of our promised future and our eternity. Because in the picture of the resurrection of the baptistry is this picture of the raising of the individual to a new life, to an eternal life that is only available because Jesus was resurrected and he conquered death. And conquered the grave. So the resurrection of Jesus, this miracle of the resurrection as it is pictured in baptism and as we can connect and understand. I want to share a passage of scripture in the book of Romans, the sixth chapter with you this morning. If you would like to be turning there or, or clicking up there on your handheld device. We'll look at these verses of scripture that Paul writes to the Roman church, to the Roman Christians, concerning their walk of life as Christians and as believers. And how as they follow Jesus and as they serve God, as they learn how to deal with the issues of life, the struggles, the, the hardships, all of the different elements of life, that they pattern themselves after Jesus and understand that it is through the work of Jesus Christ, their faith in Him, that God has given them the ability to follow. He has given them everything that they need 
And so he speaks about this to the Roman Christians. In, as we begin the sixth chapter, Paul has already been writing to them about God's grace and the provision of God's grace and how through the work of Jesus Christ and the extension of God's love and grace that we have freedom from sin and that sin uh, does not have to, we do not have to be controlled by sin. He spoke of how they were no longer under the effects of the law, but grace had given them a, a different perspective and a different view of what it meant to follow God and to please God. But because of God's grace being poured out in abundance, some of the folks in Rome thought that, well, you know, obedience is not that big of a deal. I can just live in the grace. Well, we can live in God's grace, but God also instructs us to obedience in which he can bless us and grow us and mature us and bring greater things into our life. So here as we read in Romans the 6th chapter, Paul says, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. That's not God's plan. God, God shows us grace and mercy, but it's not so we can keep on living in rebellion or sin. It's so that we can live in victory and so that we can live in the provision that God has made for us. You see, if you're living daily expecting the grace of God to cover your sins or your rebellions or your disobedience, God says that he will forgive you, but in disobedience you're missing on everything that obedience can bless in your life. The growth and the maturity and the strength and the peace, the fruits of the Spirit that are all developed in our life through obedience, if we fail to live in obedience, we fail to live in the blessings of those graces that God would provide for us. So, should we keep on sinning that we might experience God's grace? He says, of course not. Since we have died to sin as believers, that's the picture in the baptistry, correct? That the individual's testimony in the picture of the baptistry and baptism is that they are laid to rest. The old man has died and the new man is going to be resurrected. The new man is going to be brought out. So the pictures that we see, the work of Christ in the gospel, the new creation of an individual in Jesus Christ, the picture of what God is doing and is going to continue to do through us as individual, as a, a person of faith, all of this being pictured in our new life and how we are to walk in that new life. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? Isn't that the picture in the baptistry? That whenever we were laid to rest in the baptistry in our baptism, it is pictured just as Jesus paid the price and was laid to rest because of sin, the old man of us, the sinful man, has been laid to rest. 
We are joined him in his death. We have died and were baptized with Christ by baptism, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father. Now we also may live new lives. See, this aspect of the work of Jesus Christ means that you don't have to live the way that you used to live. We were all sinful by our very nature and we're all sinful creatures and we live and we struggle with sinful inclination in our carnality. But the work of Jesus Christ is to save and deliver us from that and in being a new person, a new creation in Christ Jesus, in having Him within us by being His workmanship. We're no longer bound to the carnal man. But through the work of Jesus Christ, we are set free. We're set free to live in obedience. We're set free to live in the victory. We're set free to not have to struggle day by day with those sins that would hold on to us and weigh us down and entrap us. Because the power of Jesus Christ sets us free. And you see, that's pictured in the baptistry. That's pictured in the work of Christ for us. It's pictured in our accepting Him and following Him. It's pictured in the newness of life that we experience. So we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We died and were buried with Christ by baptism in that picture of what has been done in our heart and in our life. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. We can live the life that God purposed in us from the beginning of creation. When Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he said that as believers in Jesus Christ, having put our faith in Jesus Christ, that we are His workmanship, the workmanship of Jesus Christ. We are what He has accomplished in His death, burial, and resurrection. By faith, trusting in Him. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for the purpose of good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we are now capable of the purpose for which God has created us. We are capable now of doing things that please God. We are capable now, we are enabled by the work of Christ to be able to be children of God that brings a smile on His face and joy to His heart when He looks down from His throne and He sees us walking in obedience. Why? Because sin cannot hold us back. Sin is no longer an excuse. You see... We don't have to say, I can't, because Jesus has enabled us that we can be what God would desire us to be. And so by our obedience, by our choice to follow, Paul wrote to the Galatians and he worded it to them like this in his letter. He said, if you have been baptized in this picture into Christ, he said, then put on Christ. 
put on Christ. Take that action, that initiative, make that choice. Choose to look like Christ, to be like Christ, to act like Christ. Because God has enabled you to do that through the work of Jesus Christ. So, Brother Roger, I don't understand how that can work and I don't understand how I can do that. I struggle with some difficulties and some issues. And yes, I do too. <laughs> and understanding it all, like Keaton said, I don't understand it all either. Not by a long shot. But this I understand that God has enabled us and He will meet our need in where, whatever situation we might be in. Paul, I don't think, even as brilliant as he was, and we seem to, to credit him to be, he didn't understand it all either. He even referred to it as a mystery. He said, there's this great mystery that's beyond our capacity to understand. That Christ Jesus lives in us. And we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. To the Colossians, he said if we were buried with him in this picture of baptism and what that represents, he said just as surely as we uh, were obedient in that, the picture of baptism, he said we also will be risen with him. And so since we have been united with him, verse 5 of our text chapter here, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. See now, this is not just all about what happened in the past and is happening right now. It's about what's happening in the future as well. Because you see, we've been given new life in Jesus Christ that we're living right now. But in the future, the future holds for us as believers something that's even greater than what we can and are capable of living and experiencing right now. Just as Jesus was resurrected from death and just as he walked in a glorified body, by the promise of God through the work of Jesus, each one of us as believers have that promise looking forward that we will be resurrected from this physical death, the end of this physical life. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. And we're no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with Him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again death no longer has any power over him and when he died he died once to break the power of sin but now that he lives he lives for the glory of God so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control you. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. 
For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. Say this with me. Sin is no longer my master. Say it again. Sin is no longer my master. Sin is no longer my master because Jesus has set me free from the curse of sin and death. And God in His grace has enabled us through faith and through obedience to live pleasing to Him. You see, today... Satan can't make you do anything. That's why he lies. That's why he tricks. That's why he misleads. That's why he deceives. Because he can't make you disobey God. God has conquered sin through Jesus Christ. And through his grace extended to us, he has given us the provision to walk in obedience. Does that mean that we're perfect? Absolutely not. We're not perfect. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. But one of these days. One of these days, the full work of Christ will have been accomplished in us. And we'll know perfection. Peter stated it like this when he wrote to the Christians. He said, there's a like figure or there is a picture in baptism of our salvation and how God saves us from the curse and the price of sin because we've put our faith in Him. If you're here this morning and what I've been talking about all of these different elements of the pictures of baptism, if they don't make sense to you or you feel like today, well, I'm outside of that. I just, I'm not in that position where I'm trusting Jesus. This morning, the most important thing that you could do today is to recognize your need for Jesus Christ. To recognize God's provision for you in Jesus Christ. To ask God to forgive your sins. And to put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior for your salvation. And then all this stuff will start to make sense. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, we come before your throne of grace this morning to thank you and praise you. Because of who you are and what you have done. Because you have made available to us your son Jesus Christ for the provision to meet all our needs. Father, if there's one today here that does not know you, does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, may, Lord, as your spirit touches and works in their heart today, may they come to receive and to accept him and to find your grace and find your provision. Just ask, Lord, your blessings that you would receive honor and glory in all of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.